I'm going to say this as straight as I possibly can. I am begging you, if you're a parent and you've got kids there, that this subject is just too upsetting for your young children. Please get them out of the room or change the station. We urge you to exercise parental discretion. Hey, Uncle, how much you give me for this radio, huh? Now, this hot little old radio, man, is worth plenty of rubles, man. It's got, it's got lots of juice. You got uh, shortwave, police call, boats. Late at night, man, you get, you get out of space. Come on, come on, Uncle, just make me an offer. Now, this is a $100 radio. It's got a clear tone. Boy, that's, that's clear as a mother's old bell. That's it. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Oh, man. You radio, you mother. Hey, Jim, what about TV? You like TV? What? A uh, new thing, Jim. The television. Oh, pictures. Yeah! No, no pictures. Why not? Everything these days is pictures. Pictures and a lot of noise. Nobody even knows how to talk. Ah, <laughs> just grunt at each other. Babies that were sacrificed for Satan. I will probably have nightmares tonight about it. From the nightmares to the running around the room when they disclose, to the latching on, to the crying and saying, Mommy, 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 don't go out, because if you go out, they're going to kill you. Threats, intimidation, fear. Now, if you're going to stay cool, you got to wail. you got to put something down. you got to make some jive. Don't you know what I'm talking about? Well, that's all I'm saying. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. Rejection of parental values. Unusual interest in books on Satanism, black magic, or witchcraft. Obsession with rock music groups using satanic symbols or references. Rejection of friends. Preference for being alone. Meditation. Chanting. Use of new vocabulary. Is it the force of evil? Does it disrupt? Is it a force for everything negative? There's two kind of laws, honey. One for the rich. And one for the poor. He sees all and knows all. He's wise. He's kind. He is fair. He loves truth and goodness. Listen, you screwheads. Here's a man who would not take it anymore. A man who stood up against the scum, the dogs, the filth. Here is someone who stood up. Hey, buddy. This is the state of New Jersey, and I don't care who you are. Ah, yes. You're listening to Aerial View on WFMU Uppsala College East Orange. This is Chris T. It's a little bit after 6 o'clock on this Friday evening in October. And uh, I want to say, first of all, thanks to all of you who came out to the record fair last weekend. It was uh, quite successful, thanks to you, and uh, the turnout was wonderful. It was great to see all of you folks at the record fair, and I uh, especially liked meeting people and people saying hello, so um, thanks. Thanks for being at the record fair, and thanks for helping out. And now, on to the subject of uh, this evening's program. We all have had run-ins with the police, no matter what our age or where we're from. And some of these are, well, 
quite strange. I was prompted to this thought by the recent sitting of the Mullen Commission. The Mullen Commission in New York uh, was convened to review, of all things, police corruption. Can you believe it? And since the police are one of my more favorite subjects, and we haven't talked about them in quite a while, I was sitting around the other day with some friends, and we were comparing true cop tales. And uh, I thought, you know, there's probably many of you out there who would like to relate your true cop tales. And so we will do so in just a minute at 201-678-7743 on Aerial View this week. True Cop Tales. Last time I did a program about the the public servants known as the police, I was accused of being terribly impartial, being unfair. I was told that the majority of police officers are upstanding, honest, hardworking, dedicated professionals. And by maligning them, in the way that I had. I was only showing my ignorance. I agree with all those statements. And so I would like to offer uh, some fair time. You know, the fairness doctrine has all but disappeared from our airwaves. And open the phones, especially to police officers in our listening area. who may have true cop tales we hadn't even thought of. But first, let's go to the phones and see if there are some citizens out there. Hello, welcome to the air. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, this is Martha. Hi, Martha, how are you? When I go down the street and the cops pull me over, they always punch me. I think cops are not fun at all. They kind of ruin mine all of the time. Why do they punch you? Is it because you talk funny? Yeah, they don't understand me. They think I'm drunk all the time. It's a very easy thing to think. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, it's the way you, you know, talk, Martha. All I did was do 50 down to 25. That's, that's probably the reason. Martha, I would punch you when I'm not even a cop. I love so, you too, Chris. Thanks, Martha. Bye. Bye. Hello, welcome to the air. I'm sorry, you'd have to speak English. 
Okay. No habla espanol. The phone over here is 201-678-7743. And uh, we're doing our program, True Cop Tales. And I will get things off to a running start by telling you my favorite police story. I have a number of them because I've had a number of run-ins with the police. Hang on a minute. Hello, welcome to the air. Were you hiding when I went to the record sale? Yes, Martha, I was hiding from you. Oh. Okay. Bye-bye. 201-678-7743 is the phone number here. If you'd like to speak to me or Martha. Oh, hello, welcome to the air. Hey. Hi. What? I have a question before we start about cops. Why, why do I see all these um, crowns on, on dashboards of cars recently cropping up? Have you noticed this? Uh, yeah, I've noticed it. They're all over the place. You know what those are? No, what are they? Oh, come on. Don't play naive with me. No, son. I swear to God, I honestly don't know. Okay, how old are you? Um, 29. 29? Yeah. All right. Um, I, gee, I, I almost, it's almost too easy for me just to tell you what it is. I feel like making you guess what it is. <laughs> what do you suppose it is? I don't know, but it, it always seems to be in uh, a, a black person's car. Or of African Americans' car, I should say. Well, I've I, never seen it. I in... don't know if that's true. I see them very often in uh, livery vehicles. I see them a lot in cabs uh, I've, and well, limousines. Well, in the city, so. Well, it's air freshener. Is it really? It's concentrated bottles of stinky air freshener. <laughs> oh. Okay. You're serious. I'm dead serious. I, it's I air did... freshener. Because I've, I, I don't know. I thought it was. You, what did you think? It was some kind of thing about I thought it was a tribute to Rodney King or something. I had no idea. <laughs> well, now you're just showing your ignorance. Yeah, but I thanks, guess so. Thanks for calling. Hello, welcome to the air. I, I think it's a um, West Indian thing. A West Indian thing? <clears throat> yeah. What, to put air freshener in no, your car? No, the crown. It symbolizes something. Really? From, uh, you know, West Indian culture or... Gee, could it be royalty? Probably something related to the British uh, royalty or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, you could well be onto something. I, I don't know about what it symbolizes. I know what's inside of it. Uh, Air yeah. freshener. Okay. Thanks for calling. Welcome. Bye. Hello. Welcome to the air. The crown is used to get people out of tickets. Thanks, Martha. Bye. Martha, I got to cut you off at three. That's it. Three phone calls of this program is plenty from any one person. Now I'm asking you to honor my wishes. Okay. 201-678-7743 is the phone number if you would like to reach the Aerial View airline. Off your chest and on the air. That's our slogan here. It's call and response time. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, the crowns from Yule Brenner's The King and I. Yule Brenner's The King and yeah. I? Yeah. That's even more of a stretch. It you, smells like a, a, a naked uh, guy. You mean a bald man's head? Yeah, it's like concentrated sweat from a greasy actor. Okay, thanks. Thank you. 
So many theories on what the crown symbolizes. Hello, welcome to the air. Uh, we're on the crown? I thought we were on the cops. Well, we're on You're, both. We're on both. Okay. Well, are you are you a police officer, sir? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm in my, my car, though. Okay. Uh, you can put me at home, or are we going on the no, air? No, we're talking on the air no. right now. Hi, how are you? Okay. A little delay there. Sorry to turn off the stereo. Okay. Uh, we could give you a police story from uh, about 1976, I'm guessing. It's Grateful Dead concert, Madison Square Garden, since we were on New York City Police. Yes. Uh, I saw about four officers uh, handcuff a guy. Uh -huh. On his ankles and his arms. Uh huh. Uh, his hands were behind his back. And it wasn't Jerry Garcia. No, Damn. definitely wasn't Jerry. No, I'm sorry here. You don't approve Jerry. Um, this, they, I don't know what he did to get handcuffed and dragged down. I the think whole that he was rock. there was just enough. Well, oh. maybe not. No, was this? Uh, what, you know, so this was an point an being. This was uh, I was there with a bunch of friends, and uh, this guy, whatever he did to these cops, he pissed them. Excuse me. He uh, took them off enough to bring his arms from behind his back to over his head, uh -huh. uh, breaking both somethings in his uh, shoulder, probably collarbones. Really? Uh, yeah. That was probably the most abusive thing, and, uh, you know, who knows where so they So you're saying were. the officers actually yanked his arms over his head? What are you saying? They had uh, two guys carrying his feet and two guys, one under, one under each armpit, uh -huh. dragging him down the street from 31st to 33rd. Uh -huh. And uh, whatever he had done, they were bringing him in, into a van, and he was resisting... He had uh, got one of his feet free, and uh, I guess while he was, you know, cursing at the officers, what they had done was they had brought his by one hand under the armpit and the other hand on his wrist. They put, took his arms and put them from behind his back over his head. Okay, well that hurts. Yeah, absolutely, that's police and, brutality. Uh, There's no question. Um, well, you know, they don't like to be resisted. No, I mean, absolutely you know. not. And like I said, I don't know what these guys did, and you know, I. There's probably more good cops than bad cops, but, you know, there's good and bad in everything in this world, unfortunately. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, well, hold on. Can I get a public service announcement in here regarding a pickup football game on Saturdays? Well, where is it? It's in Mountainside, uh, right off of Route 22, going westbound, Central Avenue exit, uh, right next to Our Lady of Lords Church's Deerfield School. Okay, and... We play at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and every other Saturday we and play And you have to have a pickup truck to be there. Okay. Uh, no, not a pickup truck. Closed cab will do all stuff. Okay, so. thanks. Thanks, thanks for very calling. much. All right, while that gentleman was making his uh, little public service announcement, and it wasn't public at all, believe me, very private, uh, someone there r stopped holding, and I hate when that happens. You must hold. Please hold. The number here is 201-678-7743. Hello, welcome to the air. Uh, am I on the air now? <laughs> oh, yes. I think it has something to do with Crown Royal Scotch. Or, you know, like it's like a, it's some, you know, like you're going to freshen the air with some Scotch scent or something. No, I don't think you would freshen the air with Scotch. Maybe it's Royal Crown Cola and a, some sort of promotion. Yeah, perhaps it is. That I we don't understand. A, I thought it was like a drinking and driving related thing, you know. Okay. Okay. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye. All right, so a uh, number of theories on what the crown represents, I have no idea. But I do know, as I said, that it's full of air freshener. You could find those at your better car parts stores everywhere. And it's really important to have a fresh automobile interior when you drive. Because you could get pulled over, and there could be the scent of something in your car that is offensive and provokes suspicion. Whether that be... Uh, the scent of a contraband substance or the scent of alcohol 
the smell of blood. Let's say. And uh, it, it probably pays to have a healthy amount of sickly, sweet-smelling, syrupy air freshener on the dashboard. Hello, welcome to the air. Hey, Chris. Yes. Hey, yes. I, I, I think it's just, uh, you know, a company, and they call it, you know, whatever, and it's a little decorative bottle. It has nothing to do with any king, Martin Luther, or Rodney. Okay, so it's a decorative thing. Yeah. You ever see the other ones that are called Mr. Poppy? No, I've never seen Mr. Poppy. What's Mr. <laughs> Poppy look like? Yeah, Mr. Poppy was out before the crown. Now the crowns are taking over. Every gypsy cab in the city has one. They just look classier. But, you know, I would rather they all just bathe regularly and then you can throw out all those crowns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. Thanks for calling. Why, thank you, sir. Bye. Oh, geez, am I ever going to get to this true cop tale? I don't know. But I will tell you this. Uh, I haven't had a run-in with the local law enforcement in a while, and that's okay by me. But I had this one several years back. This is going back now for three or four years. And it happened around this area. It's probably West Orange. Probably was the area. And um, let's see, we were headed towards Harrison, New Jersey. My companion and I. My companion was a, a woman who uh, was driving my car. Actually, no, I'm getting the sequence of events all wrong here. I was driving my car and was um, pulled over. It never really told why I was being pulled over, but I was pulled over. And uh, my companion and I were forced to get out of our, our car or asked or we were we received a suggestion that we should step out of the vehicle, let's say. And we were searched and the vehicle was searched. Uh, and it was late at night and it was a, a kind of real quiet road. There wasn't much traffic on this roadway. It was probably after 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, the police officers who pulled us over took great interest in the female companion of yours truly. I think if they had met under different circumstances, who knows? There might have been... Uh, an exchange of phone numbers or something. I'm not really sure. Suffice it to say that the uh, the officers took a shine to the female companion. And not to me. They didn't like that I was there and uh, was with this woman who they felt that they should have been with instead. Now, this is all really rudimentary. I'm trying to I'm trying to analyze this situation over the over the distance of years now. 3 or 4 years and I'm trying to be really really objective and impartial and trying to figure out what was going on that night. As far as I could see what was going on that night was there was male rivalry going on. And I was in the unfortunate position of being the male 
without the badge and without the gun and without the official capacity to arrest. So I was definitely on the wrong side of this situation, let's say. Okay. So we get pulled over and the, uh, the, the line of questioning goes something like, what are you doing out here? Where are you on your way to? Um, and then, you know, it moved from the rather vague and general to the more personal, where the police officers were asking questions like, are you spending the night with this person? And I thought, you know, gee, ah, this is really weird because, I mean, I, what, what if I just don't want to answer this question? What, really, what business is it of, of these police officers? Where I'm spending the night. But, you know, when you're surrounded by the boys in blue, it's a little hard to say, no, I don't want to answer that question. I responded to all of their questions, actually, that were personal in nature. They kept us there for a little while longer while they ran a check on my license and they ran a check on my registration and on my insurance, and this whole thing took about 10 or 12 minutes, and during this whole thing, uh, one of the, uh, the friendly police officers was basically hitting on my date, is what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. I, I can't make it any clearer than that, okay? And um, in an attempt to appease the officers, we then switched driving positions, and my date got behind the wheel, we drove off, and we tried to put it behind us but 10 minutes later or not even 10 minutes later maybe 5 minutes later we're driving on the same stretch of road we get pulled over a second time and this time the original two cruisers are joined by another two cruisers so we're faced with four count them police cruisers and basically they surrounded my vehicle and pulled me over and I was wondering why. I mean, they did such a thorough job the first time of humiliating me. And I was wondering what was going to happen now. I mean, it was really scary. I mean, need, need I tell you this? Is it, is it not painfully obvious that when you're presented with four police cars and eight police officers and it's nearly 2 o'clock in the morning and you're somewhere near West Orange and... It's an unpleasant, unpleasant place to be. And so now the police officers separated me from my companion. And I was kept busy with two of them who were asking me many, many questions. Where I had been, what I had been doing, if I had been drinking anything. And the other police officers who were surrounding my companion... One of these fellows said something like, you know, the place where you came from, it's not very safe. Colored folks live there. Although, he didn't use that euphemism, that particular one. And uh, he was trying to warn us, in his own peculiar way, to stay out of bad neighborhoods. So he was there to protect us from the bad people. And strangely enough, I didn't feel safer. As this situation went on, as the minutes passed, I felt more and more unsafe. I felt really threatened. I felt 
really tense. I felt like they were going to kill me and rape her. Now, I'm not a person who's prone to exaggeration. And I don't uh, want to get carried away with this, but it felt really like they were going to kill me and rape her. And, like, who would have been the wiser? I mean, who, who would have argued with them if they planted a gun on me and they said that I had reached for something, I had made a furtive move? Gee, they love that word, furtive. You know, because police officers are strange people. They're different than you or I. And to me, they're men that are fascinated with crime and they want to be involved in it somehow and an acceptable way to be involved with it is as a upholder of law but there's a very thin line between the crook and the cop which is what the Mullen Commission brought out with tales of police officers making $4,000 a week. Just taking protection money and bribe money and drug money. Tales of police officers raiding people's homes and stealing their money and drugs and selling the drugs or using the drugs. And basically, police officers running rampant really just using their badges as a license to steal and treat the public at large like so much garbage. You know, I haven't seen the movie Bad Lieutenant, but I would think that it's probably very much about this kind of thing. So anyway, I've told you my true cop tale. I told you how I was uh, fearful, how afraid I was that something bad was going to happen to me and it wasn't at the hands of those colored folks in the bad neighborhood, but rather at the hands of the police officers, those sworn to serve and protect. And because of that incident and, and a, a couple of others, I could say that I don't like cops. And I'm leery of anybody who becomes a police officer. And I would really love to see their psychological profile. And this is probably not this position that I take. All that unheard of. But... I would like to hear from you on the subject. Hello, welcome to the air. Turn your radio down, please. Yeah, man, you, I can relate to everything you were saying. And uh, I have a similar experience uh, without a female present, however. Um, I was pulled over on Route 280 east, uh, westbound uh, one night a few years back. And um, no particular reason that I could cite. Um, I was driving an old model car. They pulled me and uh, my brother over, and uh, they um, 
you know, they, they would start asking us questions and, you know, it's very, very, very harrowing experience. It's something you have to experience, you know, the fear and the... That's uh, a good word, the harrowing. <laughs> the uncertainty, you know. I mean, you feel totally helpless, you know, and you, you don't know what to expect. Do you think that it would be a good idea if all police officers were required to ride with a civilian who was on some sort of impartial review board? That would be nice. Who was not who was not part of the police department but who was an independent who could monitor their activities? Well, actually it sounds like a good idea, but eventually what would happen is they would get they would they turn would, too. They would turn, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they get a kick out of it. I mean, uh, you know, it's just I mean, they, So what we're both saying is we believe that man's nature is essentially evil. Well, it's just like absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. That type of thing, you know. I mean, is um, I noticed something else. Um, I may be wrong. This may be a theory, but it seems as though police officers pull over people who they who, who they, fit a victim, who fit a profile. Mm, they, they have profiles. Believe me, police officers right. just like security personnel mm -hmm. at large airports. They're looking for particular types of cars, particular types of people. Mm -hmm. And for a long time in New Jersey, on the t on the New Jersey Turnpike, troopers would pull over people right. you know, a, a, uh, who who fit a certain profile, and usually they were they were minorities. Right. And and there was a big uproar over this. Mm -hmm. If you remember, a couple of years ago, New Jersey State troopers uh, got into a lot of trouble over this because they would routinely pull over black people and Hispanic people, and you know people who they who were not white is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. And, and so. It became like a harrowing experience just to drive on the New Jersey Turnpike because you were wondering what you might do to, you know, to. I mean, what if you're driving the wrong car, oh, the wrong man. make of vehicle or something, or, or you have a tail light out, you, you know? You blew it. <laughs> You've blown it as well. You, you can blow it either way. I mean, you know, if you don't go along with everything they say and they're in a bad mood, you don't know what way it can turn. Yes. You know? And, and uh, the really strange thing about being pulled over is it's usually a crapshoot. Usually <laughs> police are pulling you over on the, on the hope that they will find something wrong. Right. And, 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 and they could pull you over on the flimsiest of pretexts. I mean, mm -hmm. have you ever read stories in the paper where, you know, a, a huge drug bust has come about because someone had a broken taillight? Never. Well, it ha no, it happens. <laughs> See, it happens all the time. Really? And I'm thinking what happens is someone casually breaks a taillight. Right. I'm, I'm not saying one of the police officers or somebody, but they make sure that there was something they could point to. And, and uh -huh. when they get into court, they could say, well, he had a broken left signal, and mm -hmm. so I pulled him over. Hmm. You know? And I'm, I'm always wondering when I read those, was the signal working before this person was pulled over? Did they fit a victim's, <laughs> did they fit a profile of a, you know, a, a wrongdoer? Right. They told me I was all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. But, you know, even within that profile of um, a black person, uh -huh. they don't even pull over what I would call the profile of a typical drug dealer. Yes. Out of fear that they have over pulling over what may more certainly be a drug dealer. Okay. In and other what, words, someone who drives a really fancy car late model car mm -hmm. that's really, you know, it may be a very young person or to have the car all fixed up like a lot of drug dealers do, mm -hmm. they won't even pull over that type of a black person. 
They'll yeah. pull over a guy like me, who's just an average guy with a plain old car, you know, and especially if you have a female with you. Because nine times out of ten, they know that's an easy target, you know. There's no danger in them. There's so what's no danger. What's the worst thing that's happened to you when you've been pulled over? I mean, have you ever been handcuffed? Have you ever mm, been... No, uh, the worst thing at that same incident was when, I mean, this was, let me tell you, it was totally new to me, right? I couldn't believe it was happening, so I thought it was kind of funny. Yes. So I'm kind of giggling, and they're saying, like, what's so funny? Uh-huh. So I had to stop laughing, because if I continued laughing, they would have really, like, got on my case. That's very reminiscent of what happened to me, because I was... I was kind of smiling at all right. this, and I and I remember someone asking me to wipe the smile off my face. <laughs> so uh, there's a good tip for you folks if you're pulled over: don't smile or giggle. No. <laughs> all right. Thanks for calling. Hey, but wait. The, yes. the, the worst part was when they put their hands in my pocket and like one of those little jingly searches. Uh huh. Oh man, that was really like humiliating. They stuck their hands in your pockets. Yeah, and like wow. jingle it around, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> they might have got off on that, but. Well, I don't know. Thanks for your true uh, cocktail. You're welcome. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, Chris. Hi. I just wanted to ask a few questions about, I know you've been asked enough questions according to your story, but, I mean, what was their excuse, uh, their initial excuse for pulling you over, or didn't they have one? Um, I think the initial excuse for pulling me over was that I was the only car on the road. Really. <laughs> And, uh, and and I found out later on that uh, police officers will routinely pull you over if you're out on the, the road at a particular time of night. If you're out on the road after 2 a.m., let's say, um, chances are you're in a stolen vehicle, according to the police. I mean, that's when most cars are stolen. And in, in, a, in, a, in an area where there's a lot of car theft, they will pull people over if they see them out on the street just to run a check right. to see if their registration is okay to see if their insurance is okay. They, they're playing roulette. They're playing a crafts game. They want to see if they, if they found somebody in a stolen car. And once they have you... They just decide to have fun with you, it seems. Well, it's probably a boring job. I mean, between runs yeah. to the Dunkin' Donuts, and what else is there to do? Right. Well, thanks for calling. Uh-huh. What did I do? I don't know. Hello, welcome to the air. Yes, hi, Chris. Yes. Uh, Tyrone here. just wanted to say that I just wanted to uh, voice about the duplicitous nature of the attitudes of our law enforcement officers so far as how much they harass you in proximity to when their coffee break is. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, I noticed. Uh, I know someone who normally, I, I, he, one time he was accosted by the officers of the law. They found a small quantity of some marijuana and proceeded to beat him with a flashlight. But they didn't arrest him. <laughs> they beat him with a flashlight? They, they beat him with a flashlight. Yeah. And just uh, sent him on his merry way. Another time, the cop even came out and said, I'd bust you right now, except I'm just about due for my coffee break. Wow. Well, okay, so uh, maybe we should schedule our crimes around coffee breaks. Absolutely. Best time to do your crime, quarter to three. A lot of, a lot of police uh, stations change shifts at 11 o'clock. Three o'clock, they're on break, so that's when you do your crime. Bad, <laughs> bad time to do your crime. Your problem, you, you were cruising around two o'clock, right when the bars are getting out. Too. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you right. got to cruise later, right before three o'clock. So there you go. Thanks for the tip, Tyrone. All right. Bye. Bye. Getting all kinds of tips today. Hello, welcome to the air. Hey, how's it going? Okay. I've got so many stories. I don't know really which one to begin on, but uh, 
One thing, as far as um, the guy was talking about being pulled over because he was black, uh, I was actually at one point being pulled over often because I was white, because uh, I had this friend who was uh, an African-American, uh, and I used to drop him off after work, and it was an area that was known for uh, you know some drugs, and a lot of the white kids from neighboring suburbs would go in there, so mm-hmm. every time they saw me driving through, I'd almost never get out of there without getting pulled over, and I, I don't know how many times I got searched. Finally, I let the guy get another ride. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, that happened almost all the time in Pat- North North Northwest Street or North Sixth Street, Patterson. And then another time, uh, I've, uh, I've had many other run-ins with when they started doing those uh, random roadblocks uh-huh. for drunk driving. I used to give them hell, but the most recent one was um, I was living with my mother again for a while. I was in between jobs and an apartment, and uh, it was during the summer. And my uh, girlfriend was off for the summer. Uh, she was a teacher in a rather affluent neighborhood in the suburbs of Jersey. And uh, I was walking home from her house, as I used to do when I was in high school. You know, I used to date her way back when. And uh, I got pulled over, like, one night, I got pulled over twice. And uh, uh, the following night, I was walking home again. I got pulled over three times in a row. And uh, finally, the last guy was kind of a rookie, I guess, real obnoxious. And I was like, uh, I just got kind of fed up. You know, they were like, actually, this guy said, what are you doing? And I said, "Uh, I'm making believe it's a free country. He's like, oh, he jumps out of the car, gets all uptight. And he's reaching for his uh, tonfu, you know that new uh, kind of club they have with the, with the stick on the side. I don't know if you've seen him. It's yes. like a, a little. It's from martial arts somewhere. And uh, I'm like, uh, I was making fun of his American flag on the arm. You know, since the Gulf War, all, everyone, the unions, the Boy Scouts, the soldiers, the cops have this little American flag. I said, you know, I've never seen such wonderful patriotism since Nazi Germany. Uh-huh. And with that, he takes out his tonfu and like slams me a couple times. And he does. He hooked my arm around with it some fucked up way after hitting me, oh, excuse me, uh, after he, slamming me a few times, he like got my arm behind him. Fortunate enough to actually get off after all this, they hauled me in, and uh, my friend's, uh, my old friend from high school, his father was acting chief at the time, and uh, he got me off without a hitch because they kind of battered me quite a bit anyway. Well, that's a great true cocktail. That's a nice story, isn't cocktail, it? Yes. But another thing is, uh, a thing we ought to keep in mind is that uh, just about everybody in America is uh, is is uh, a cop who has who can watch 911, top cops, America's most wanted 911. It's like uh, just about all these shows, all these movies are so so uh, guided toward like this police state mentality. I mean, we're about as free. Or I mean, I'm sure the the Nazis were much freer in the early years than we are now, as far as you know, political correctness coming in from the far left. Well, I wouldn't go. Uh, that, I wouldn't go that far. Well, well, take take a look at your TV sometime. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, take care. I'll do that. I'm gonna look at it when I get home. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi. My favorite show is Cops, by the way. That's your favorite show. Yes. I kind of like the Commish myself. The Commish? Yeah. Do you watch that? That's not a real life thing. I know it's not real life, but it's it's kind of. Show. Yeah, so uh, what were you going to add to our program of True Cop Tales? Well, I always thought it was kind of strange how um, cops are, are supposed to be enforcers of the laws, and yet at the same time they're exempt from them. That's exactly right. Cops can break the law in order to uphold it. Yeah. It's like it became necessary to destroy the village in order to save it. Right. Right. Exactly. And isn't that a wonderful byproduct or a wonderful benefit of being a police officer? Yeah. Right. Is that you can break laws and on a regular basis with impunity. Yeah. And, you know, at any given time, a cop can just turn on the siren and race down the street as fast as Hell, just if can. they want a pizza. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's really 
one of the reasons that people become police officers, I think, is just, you know, for the thrill that comes with walking around with a gun, number one. You don't know how powerful an aphrodisiac that is. It's incredibly sexy, you know. Here you are, this guy, and you have a gun, and very few other people do. Right. Okay? And number two, you can run through red lights. Yep. You know? Uh, you could speed. I mean, I would join... Trip. I would join the police force just to be able to go fast. I mean, if they asked me, why do you want to be a police officer? I'd say to do 90 in a 50 zone. I mean, that's the only reason. I'm tired of getting speeding tickets. I thought if I was behind the wheel of a police car, hell, I can go as fast as I want. Well, I think that's lots of reasons. You know, that's lots of people's reasons for becoming a cop. Okay, one, to carry a gun. Two, to speed. Yeah. Three, what else is there? Well, you know, you could... uh, Well, it's it's just a power trip. Yes. It's, you know, it's like you're an authority, so no one can bust you, you know. And once in a while a dirty cop gets caught, but, you know. Okay, there are good cops. I've met, well, I've met good cops in my day. I've met guys who, uh, and, and, and women, who became police officers because it seemed like a good job opportunity. Believe it or not. I mean, you know, they, they thought to themselves, well, the pay's pretty good. Um, the benefits are pretty good, you know, the real benefits, not the ones you take on the sly. Right, yeah. And I could retire at a, at an early age with a decent amount of money, and it's a city job, and there's always going to be crime, so I have job security. Yeah. And, you know, they've taken the job for that reason. Yeah. But I'm, I'm always a little suspicious of the other people who look at it not as a job, but, you know, like we're doing some great service for mankind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this great service for you because I am a police officer. It's a job, you know? Right. And also what really gets me upset is when they sob and cry because they've been shot. I mean, it seems to me like it's one of the occupational hazards of being a police officer yeah. is that you may be shot. Yeah. And, and they get so up in arms whenever it happens, well, you know? What do they expect? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I have a story. Okay. Okay, well... Uh, a couple months ago, my friends and I were were hanging out at this place. There's this, there's this place in our town. There's like, um, it's kind of secluded. There's like a field, and like there's kind of like this brook, and there's a bridge over it. And so we we sometimes go there and we sit on this concrete wall with our feet dangling over the water. And um, one night we were all we were all there, and like some of some of the people we were with were drinking, and uh, they they just kind of dispersed. Like we were all sitting there and you know hanging out, and then. As time went on, some, you know, some of the people just kind of went off their separate ways. And we're going to meet later. And so it was just left me and this guy, my friend, were sitting there and um, just talking or whatever. But our friends had left all of their, like, 40s of beer and, like, you know, all this stuff next to us. And this cop comes down the road because cops sometimes come by to see if people are there drinking. And, uh-huh. and so, um, and we weren't. But this cop comes down. And uh, he gets out of his car, and we have all this stuff next to us, you know. And he comes up to my friend, and he says, you know, can I see some ID? And so my friend shows him his license, and he says, cop says, you know, you're only 17, you're, you're not supposed to be drinking. And my friend says, yeah, I know. And, and then the cop, you know, he just kind of, he kind of looks at me, and then he looks back at my friend, and he says, well, okay, how about this? Why don't you just take your beer and just go somewhere else? You know, because if people come by, they don't want to see this, so why don't you just take your beer and just, you know, get out of here? And I was so happy because I was so scared that we were going to, like, get nailed. Uh-huh. And, and the cop was so great. And that's, that's the reason why I don't hate cops. Okay. Because this guy. 
Well, that one good police officer. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah, I'm just glad it was that police officer. Thank you, officer. Yeah. Thank you. May I have another? Okay, thanks for your true cop tale. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, um, one time uh, me and my friend Jeff were going to this uh, beach party, right? And this, uh, I guess the cops have already broken up because we got there and the cops are already there. So we went down the side road and we pulled in this house and all of a sudden this like yellow VW came up behind us. Mm-hmm. And um, it turns out he was an off-duty cop from Newark and he came up running and he was like screaming and he pulled his gun out. And he didn't show his badge or anything. He just pointed the gun right at my face because we were, like, in this small pickup. And I was just like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to die here or something. He thought we were going there to, like, kill him or something. He thought you were going to his house to kill him? Yeah. Oh. Because he was, like, a cop in New York, and that's... Is that what he told you? Yeah, basically, oh. yeah. Nothing mm. ever became of it because, you know, it was supposed to be, like, hush-hush or whatever. Huh. And it was pretty scary. Hmm. Ever since then, you know, it's just like... I don't have any trust in, you know, authority or whatever. Well, that's a great true cop tale. Thank you. Yep. You know, some true cop tales have happy endings. Others don't. The number here is 201-678-7743. And uh, everyone has had a run-in with the police. What was yours like? We'd like to hear about it. Hello, welcome to the air. Hello, Chris. Hi. Um, I just want, I don't have a specific story, or I have many of them, but, um, you know what happens, you know, over the years of, of driving around and trying to drive fast and driving with, uh, contraband on, you you know, you get this, like, sort of, like, extra sensory perception about police, where, like, as soon as, like, they're around, like, I just, I kind of know it, like, as soon as they come into my field of vision, they could be, like, a couple of miles down the road, but, like, I'm, I'm, like, trained to, like, where I know that they're there and I see them. Where, like, sometimes I'm, I'm with friends and, like, they'll pass them, like, right by and they'll never know that they were there. But, like, I'll see them immediately. And it's, like, this paranoia type of thing that, like, even if I'm not carrying anything or, like, not speeding, like, it's still, you know, you can't shake it. I don't know. Do you get that? Uh, yes, I do. Mm. Yes, I could smell them. Yes. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Hello. Welcome to the air. Uh, yes. Can anybody there tell me what label... The Sea Otters are on. My loan is my life. Uh, yes, they're on Sea Otter Records, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna be able to get that through any distributor, am I? Um, I I'm not really sure. Sea Otter Records. Call the office during regular business hours and ask. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Hello, welcome to the air. Yes, Chris. Yes. Um. My story actually isn't a run-in that I had with the cops, but it but it is indeed a true story. And this this woman was pulled over for speeding, and she she really was speeding, but thought to herself, you know, I got to come up with something. So when the trooper came to the window, he he asked her, you know, what was going on, and she said, Well, I guess you pulled me over to sell me. Pl- tickets to the policeman's ball mm-hmm. and the, the the trooper turned to her and said ma'am state troopers don't have balls and then she started laughing he realized what he had said and he wished her a good evening and that was that really yeah. and you, you witnessed this whole thing no i just heard the story and it is true oh okay it's not like a joke or something no okay 
a true story. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, hi, Chris. How you doing? Okay. Hey, I got a true cop story. Okay. I was about, um, I was about 15 years old. I was walking around my parents' neighborhood with Walkman on around 11 o'clock, and a cop comes up to me, and he says, pulls up to me, and I reach inside my jacket, turn my Walkman off, and he pulls his gun on me. Really? And I was like, oh, Jesus. And he saw it. He goes, all right, son, pull out your pocket. Pull out what's inside your pocket. Pull out the Walkman. And he saw it. I guess he was pretty embarrassed, but he just kind of... uh, Did he apologize? No. No. I mean, he yelled at me for being out too late and says I should... And then he shot you as a lesson. (laughs) That's for being out too late and carrying a Walkman. Yeah. You little bastard. So now I never wear a Walkman anymore. Okay. At least not under your jacket. Not like a concealed Walkman. You know, do you have a permit? Can you, uh, is New Jersey a full carry state <laughs> as far as Walkmans go? You need Con- a little mute button so when the cop comes I don't think you. there is concealed carry of Walkmans yet. I think you better check into your local regulations. <laughs> Thanks for calling. All right, Chris. Bye. Bye. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi. Um, I have a mildly satisfying uh, cop run-in story. Um, one time my boyfriend and I were driving in Long Island and we were pulled over. Long and, uh, Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess in Long Island and New Jersey, they're, they have less to do than in the city, so they're more annoying. I've always found that to be true. Yeah. I but mean, you, you, could, you can walk down the street in Manhattan, you know, with a syringe sticking out of your arm, and mm. you probably wouldn't attract yeah. too much attention mm. from yeah, the, the yeah, local authorities. Yeah, you could authorities. drive a stolen car for months, they won't do anything. No, it wouldn't matter. But, um, so he pulled this, this cop pulled us over, and um, he told us to get out of the car, and... Uh, I forgot what it was, but um, he was starting to get kind of irritated at us, and I was sitting on on the car, and he said, get off the car. And I said, what? And he said, get your ass off the car. And I looked at him, and I said, don't you dare refer to any part of my body that way. And he just kind of looked taken aback, and he told my boyfriend, well, a girl like that's going to get you in a lot of trouble someday. Really? And, uh, and yeah. did you? Did you get him into a lot of trouble? No, no, nothing okay. happened after that. It was kind of uh, satisfying. Wow. <laughs> so he told you to, to get off your own car? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, get good. my ass off the car. And and, uh, and I said, don't, you know, don't you dare talk about any part of my body that way. Well, that was pretty good. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Hello, welcome to the air. Hello. Hi, Chris. I have many uh, true cop stories, but one that comes to mind uh, the most, I guess, is um, I'll try to make it short because it's per- they usually pretty long-winded about it. But my friend did something stupid while we were in a vehicle driving around, and we were smoking marijuana, um, and we all had marijuana on us and like pipes and stuff like that. And uh, we were pulled over right near the police station. Can I say the town? Yes. The Lindhurst Police. The uh, Lindhurst Police. Mm. Yeah, they're the bad guys. They pulled us over. And uh, they smelled it immediately, got us all out of the car, spread eagle and everything. Um, and you could kind of tell that they, they were like the Mollen Commission cops, that they liked drugs from the way they spoke to us. And we had a very strange-looking pipe, which is a chamber that you put the marijuana in the middle of and smoke through the chamber. And um, they uh, said, how does this thing work? How do you use it? They interrogated one guy. And when they got the instructions on how to use it, um, it became apparent they were just going to oh, take all of our, our marijuana and 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 uh, pipe and everything. I had my my bag inside my wallet in a compartment in my wallet, and he threw my wallet on the hood of the car, 
And he said, I don't want your goddamn money. And uh, continued to search me and found a, a, an interesting craft, a pipe that was uh, made by a crafts artist and uh, looked at it and laughed, asked me where I got it and gave it back to me. So I left with everything I started with. Uh-huh. But the bad cops took... Uh, everything from the other gentleman and uh and let you go and let us all go but nonetheless it, it hurt almost as much as if we were arrested because i was just dis- dis- disgusted by the fact that they have the power to, to uh to you know just treat us like that and they're not even doing their job they're just as bad as we are <laughs> so there you go the Mullen commission everybody tune in thanks for calling bye 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 hello welcome to the air boring it's all boring <laughs> Hello, welcome to the air. It's a true cop story? Yes. Okay, here it is. Um, this is back in the 70s, and I had just turned about 19. I was working in a restaurant, and uh, I was kind of naive. I picked up one of the waitresses, found out she was married. Married to a cop? No, not married to a cop, though, thank God. But, so, after work, we're driving around, and we're getting high. And I decided we're going to go back to my house. So I had a studio apartment, and it was pitch black. And I tried to pull into the back driveway, which would lead to my apartment. And I see that there's a car there. I'm getting really pissed off, and I act like a real tough guy. So I get out of the car. And I walk up to the car, and I start, you know, who the hell are you? Get out of my driveway. Went very calmly. One of the two fellows sitting there at the the wheel flashes me a badge very calmly we'd appreciate if you keep it down we're on a stakeout hmm and well being 19 kind of kind of naive I froze and I sobered up really quickly and so the girlfriend comes out and she's kind of stoned and she's like what's going on here what's going on here and I'm trying to play it down because she's married so I just kind of said, you know, well, come on inside, dear. I'll explain to you later. Okay. And those two cops were... Is it an hour later. Okay. I thought there was a kicker to the story, and they were going to turn out to be, like, you know, murderers or something. No. Escaped convicts posing as cops. Probably. Well, thanks for your story. Okay. I didn't like it. But thanks anyway. Hello. Woo, woo, woo. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi. Um, this is, there's a whole bunch, but this is a, probably a pretty good one. A uh, bunch of friends of mine are driving in a car, an old beat-up Mustang that they had. This is in the 70s. And they had just scored like a pound of reefer. And somebody tipped off the local cops that they were going to do this. Okay. They pull into town, and they're like two blocks from the police station, and like three cars surround them, pull them over. And I just happen to be walking down the street when this whole scenario takes place. They have an old, nasty old Mustang, and the floorboards are rotted, and he had a piece of wood on it. So the one guy in the back seat is holding the pound. He takes the pound, lifts up the floorboard, and drops it on the ground. The cop car's left front tire stops on the pound of weed. They pull, like, six guys out of this Mustang, search the whole car. They find, like, a two-foot acrylic bong, put that on the hood, take 
several of the guys into an alley around the corner from where they haven't pulled over and strip search, search them because they are absolutely positive that they have reefer on them. Mm-hmm. Find nothing but the bong, let them go. The three cars disappear. These guys go around the block, pull up next to the weed that's still on the road, scoop it up, and put it back in the car and drive off. Now, the, the weed, mm-hmm. I love drug lexicon. Drug, <laughs> drug lexicon is so excellent. The weed, as you call it, the tea, yes. the reefer, the lid. The hooch. Yes. Was, like, flattened by the police car? Yeah, it was, like, in two, like, of those big freezer ziplocks, you know, and it uh-huh. kind of, like, the air popped. Uh-huh. Uh, me and another guy were walking down the street. When, the, when they got pulled over, we were standing right there. And you could hear the bag pop, and these guys just flew out of the car and went, you know. And they didn't notice this at all. They didn't notice it at all. It was sitting right there, and we're standing there for, like, the longest time, and then they started giving us the eye, so we just, like, walked away. But these guys literally drove around the block after the cops let them go and just took, like, a piece of newspaper and, like, I don't know, like a record album and scooped up the weed and drove off. Wow. And they found that being run over by a police car made pot just that much more better. I don't know. Right? I don't know. And they endeavored in the future to have all of their weed, as you call it, <laughs> run over by the local authorities. Uh, that's that's a bit dangerous. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Thanks for calling. Okay. Hello. Welcome to the air. Hey, Chris. Can you keep your weed in here? Yes, I yes I can. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Well, we gotta go anyway. It's nearing the end of this program. Uh, Bill Berger's here next with the Hip Bone Program. You've been listening to Aerial View on WFMU Upsala College East Orange with our program of True Cop Tales. I will be back again next week when uh, our program will be about a completely different topic. But something I'm sure you'll be interested in that you will find intriguing enough to dial a phone. Yes, next week we're going to talk about, of all things, one thing we haven't talked about before on this program. The very medium of which we are part. WFMU, I mean. We will talk about radio. So be here next week for that on Aerial View. Until then, I am Chris T. And I need a tagline. I don't have a tagline, something good to go out on. I I should be able to say, this is Chris T. Hoping all of your blank are blank. Something. Maybe this person has a suggestion. Hello, welcome to the air. Hey, yeah, I want uh, Chris T. To, why don't you just play that song you had in the background? That's what I'm calling about. You I'm got wondering. it, Chief. What is it, anyway? Like... Uh, it's from the soundtrack of Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. Oh, that's and it's called that. it's called The Pink Room. Good. Thanks for calling. Thank you, sir. Who's this? Who's this? I don't know. Who is this? How about Chris T. Top of the food chain, Ma. I, I love that. Okay. I'll use it. Okay, use bye-bye. It. Bye. All right, so here we go. Chris T, top of the food chain, Ma.
Whose side do you want, son? Our side, sir. Don't you love your country? Yes, sir. Then how about getting with the program? Why don't you jump on the team and come on in for the big win? Yes, sir. 